You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard exclusively here on Internet Radio Station OCTalkRadio.net. Spanning the globe with our message of the power of peer learning. If you're in our listening audience and you're listening as a podcast, we would consider or ask you to consider listening to show live during our broadcast times. Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show is brought to you through our partnership of Critical Mass for Business with Renaissance Executive Forums business owners in select markets across North and South America. Executive Forums is an international organization committed to helping members take their business to the next level. The show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Smart Business Magazine, and Decision Toolbox. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, to make better and more informed business decisions. We do that by bringing peer executives who have experiences and knowledge that you can learn from. That is certainly the case today with our featured guest. It's Bob Wills. He is the CEO of the PM Group, and he comes to us from San Antonio, Texas. Bob, welcome to the program. Hi, Rick. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. I hope you're doing well yourself. Bob, tell us a little bit about your professional background. Give us a sense for who you are as a business executive. As you stated, I'm, we're located here in San Antonio, Texas. Um, we have three advertising agencies, uh, the PM Group, the Wood Agency, and Binocular Media. We also have our own uh, television production studios called Quarter Moon Productions. And then we have a um, another com- another marketing firm called Innovative Marketing Solutions, and we do some specialty print projects that help raise money for charitables and nonprofits. How did those organizations, did those different but related businesses, get started, Bob? Well, you know, we just entered our 26th year, and. Um, you know, really until 2008, you know, we had the one agency, the primary agency, the PM Group, and which does business all over the country. Um, but then we, um, being the entrepreneur that we are, we, uh, we looked adversity in the face and, uh, when the recession started in, um, 2008, uh, started the uh, second agency, uh, Binocular Media, to provide you know clients that needed a smaller portfolio of services and at a lower base fee. We started that company, and um, then when it came around to 2000 in the summer of 2010, we said, you know what, we're doing so much production work, it'd be nice uh, to get our own studio so that we could offer our clients affordable production services at, you know, much lower rate, you know, kind of cut out the middleman. So we started Quarter Moon Productions. So now we're up to three companies at that time. And then uh, within two months span, um, we started Innovative Marketing in uh, June of 2011. And then in July of 2011, we um, acquired a I'd call it competitor in the market in the truest sense, uh, but more, it's more of a partnership. You know, we learned, uh, you know, they had a, a base of clients that was different from ours. They were, the Wood Agency was very focused in tourism uh, and medical marketing, that it was a good complement to our base, and um, we just saw it as a way to consolidate cost between our two companies by forging together and getting under one roof, you know, 
right down to the simplest things in today's terms. When you two companies come together, you eliminate even just a receptionist that saves you, you know, forty thousand a year tax title and license. But you know, all the other fees and insurances and uh, things that we have as an ad agency, we were able to carve out, you know, about a half a million dollars in expense. Wow! Um, and it made us both more profitable. So it was a, a very good partnership to do that. So yeah, here we are with uh, five businesses today. You hear about that with large companies when they merge and they look for synergies between the two businesses, which can be code word sometimes for, you know, redundancy and kind of making a leaner organization but maintaining the, the top-line revenue. Uh, I had a question. The second firm that you started, I think you said it was binocular. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, sir. Uh, I, tell, teach, our, teach our audience. You know, we look for teachable moments here on Critical Mass, Coast to Coast. Obviously, it was successful, but what was the decision tree that got you to, I need a separate brand in the marketplace to be able to offer a lighter versions of services at a lower price point? How, how did you and the executive team come to that final decision? Well, you know that old expression about learning things the hard way? Um, you know, as a full-service agency, you know, that we worked off of 15% commission on media and other you know retainers there was a move with some clients in our business that they didn't need the full medical services um, full uh, agency services um, from a full service agency they just needed you know limited services and they wanted to move to more of a media buying agency than a full services agency it's kind of like think of uh, you know the dock in a box the 24-hour medic clinics that you have versus the big hospitals there you know there's a consumer that just needs to go to the go to the 24-hour emergency clinic without going to the big hospital and they go down to that corner shop well we were the same way and over the years over the last prior three years before we started binocular we saw um, some big automotive account we had that you know was a five million dollar piece of business you know, they didn't need the full service. They were getting much more of those services from their tier two, you know, the Ford Motor Company, Chevy, blah, 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 all those big um, companies they work for that they were providing more service to them. So from at the local level, they didn't need as much. So they wanted to trade down. So the long-winded answer is this is they offered says, hey, can you do that for, you know, 8% instead of 15%? And at the time, you know, the big agency, we weren't tooled. We weren't staffed in that manner. Our our cost structures were quite different. So, you know, we decided after over the uh, probably the previous six or seven years, you know, I gave up about 8 to $10 million in annual billings uh, because we didn't have a company to service those customers had those needs. So... Uh, in a roundabout way, I said, hey, I'm tired of losing money here. You know, we could uh, start a different agency that targeted those types of businesses that have those types of needs and a lower uh, cost profile for us and a lower fee profile for the client. So that's how Binocular came about. And the reason why I wanted you to explain that, and thank you for being as candid as you've been, you know, talking about the, the level of detail that you gave us, because... I believe it is, not in all cases, but it is a really thoughtful way to go to rebrand your services. Because not only is it good in the marketplace to have a, a, another partner that you can refer business to if they don't fit your cost model, but inside the company, it's really confusing to start doing business at different margin levels when you have a 
a certain culture built around the higher margin. You know, it's it's hard for the organization to know I'm not supposed to all offer all these services to that customer because they've agreed to a lower margin point than the balance of our customers. It just it becomes very difficult to manage as a as an owner or a leader of a business as well. It's a good study in this is um, Toyota. You know, Toyota started the Toyota brand. And they had a good base of customers, but a lot of their customers that started out being younger, you know, they got the Toyota Tercel and the Corolla, they kind of got older, their incomes went up, and they were looking for more of a luxurious car. And so you had the birth of Lexus that came right. from Toyota. Then after they conquered, you know, the middle car you know, price range and the upper end, they said, hey, we're missing out on the young crowd with the, you know, smaller, hipper cars that they like. So Scion came around. Basically, they have a portfolio at the, you know, Toyota uh, that covers all three bases of clients, customers, drivers. So you're not alone in this thinking, and you and Toyota successfully executed it. And and I would encourage other uh, entrepreneurs and business owners who are looking to grow their business, but maybe in a, in a different marketplace or at a different price point to consider, while there's more work, certainly, right, Bob, in running two companies and the cost associated with having accounting for two firms versus one, there are, there are a lot of other compelling reasons that may offset those extra costs in being able to absolutely. keep your businesses pure and clean that way. The irony, yeah, absolutely. The irony is years ago you were stealing ideas from your competitors or other people. Now, today, it's called a best practice. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all about that here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show. I really want to thank Peter Broiler, who is our partner in your market, for bringing you to our attention. You've given a lot of value here in the first segment of our two segments today I'm going to have with you, Bob. I am going to take a short commercial break. I'd like to come back and talk with you a little bit about your view of media and any observations that you may have about in your role kind of what's happening to media and how does that kind of influence the work that your firm is doing on behalf of your clients is that okay bob absolutely all right we'll, we'll be right back here on critical mass coast to coast after these words from our commercial sponsors Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, 
and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. And welcome back to this episode of Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to the show to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show may be the answer. If you'd like to learn more about advertising on our program, contact our advertising department at 949-887-4104. I'd also like to thank those of you that listen to our show as a podcast. In the last 30 days, you've downloaded over 11,000 episodes of the various critical mass radio shows within our series. For that, we truly appreciate your continued support. All of our shows can be heard live here on Internet Radio Station octalkradio.net. And it can be found on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, our website, and other business-oriented podcasting services as podcasts. All right, let's return to our guest. Bob, I said before the break I was going to ask you to give us a little sense for the media from your perspective and any observations that you have in working with the media. I'm somewhat of the um, at the agency as I started my original roots i was uh, think of me in a restaurant business i was a cook i was the uh, media department i made all the decisions on buying negotiating analyzing uh measuring the performance of you know the various media that we bought for our clients um uh, always had that passion for it i guess you call it the math geek in me um here's some some key observations i will kind of share with your audience um, in the different genres in the media world. Uh, I'll start first with the big boy, which has always been television for a long, long, well, since television came about. Um, you know, a lot of people think TV is dead. It's really quite the opposite. From 1986 to 2008, the average household watched about 27 and a half hours of TV a week. In the summer of 2009, when the government mandate, when we went from being an analog television world to a digital TV world, um, it changed everything quite extensively. And it somewhat has to do with, at the same time, the recession hit. So now you have everybody's getting these beautiful big screen TVs in HD, and... Um, then the recession hit, and consumers were having to make choices, and they made choices in the in the area of entertainment. And instead of maybe going to as many Major League Baseball, NBA basketball, NFL football, or other events, they were staying home and watching more TV. Why? Because they now had these 
40, 50, 60, 70, and 80 inch TVs that the games look so much better. And with the cost of professional sports, for example, they were, they could not, um, afford to go to the games like they used to. Right. Um, Especially with a family. Choices. Yeah. They had to make some choices. And so consequently, as I told you, so you, for 22 years, you had an average household watching TV about 27 and a half hours a week. Now it's up to 35 hours a week, according to Nielsen. And that is just, that's like broadcast cable and television. They're still also watching, you know, an hour, two, three hours a week of where they're downloading content, and then there's the content that they DVR'd. So in all in all, you have the average household watching about 40 hours a week. That's 25% of their week. Hmm. So TV is, is doing very, very well, and um, now you have, you know, companies like Netflix that are creating TV series that are winning Emmys. Right. Like House of Cards that people are downloading. Um, now you've seen the announcements that both Google and um, Amazon are going to start competing with Hollywood, and they're going to produce their own shows. And this is uh, spills somewhat of the of a very slippery slope for cable. The current CEO for Time Warner Cable said recently, he says, you know, we didn't listen to our customers for years. We were forcing them to buy. Uh, bundled packages, either you bought a basic package or you bought the all digital tier with, you know, the, I don't know, hundreds of channels and many of which people didn't want. Because um, no matter how many channels you have, and this is for your listeners, you think about it, no matter how many cable or satellite channels you have, you never really watch more than five or seven of them. Uh, but you have all that there. It's like buying food that you put in your refrigerator that spoils on you every day. Well, that's what happens when you're paying for cable channels you don't watch. The uh, CEO of Time Warner was saying, "says we didn't listen to our customers for years. They wanted to buy a la carte pricing, right. and now it's it's going to be there because in the last three years, five million people have cut the cord. Mm. There's a new demographic group, as a matter of fact, they're called cord cutters, the people right. that are getting away from uh, owning, subscribing to cable or satellite. So that's kind of kind of the state of TV. Um, you know, the whole newspaper business is uh, that's a uh, collapsing industry." Um, you know, to the actual printed newspapers, um, the papers have gotten thinner. They've gotten smaller. There's fewer ads, and and I think that's kind of tragic. I would always encourage people who should support it because I think the only true journalism that's out there, county by county, community, city by city, is newspapers because they do those stories right. um, that rate that are really um, important to local communities, but. The writing is on the wall. That's going to kind of, you know, go away. Well, we had the um, one of the current owners of the Orange County Register, which is our dominant local newspaper here in Orange County. He's actually the president of Freedom Communications, which owns one of their properties, media properties, is the Register, and it's kind of the lion's share of their business. Uh, we had him on the show because he and his partner have actually, they're taking a contrarian point of view with the Register, through a hyper-local strategy, they're really, they've expanded and hired over 400 people in a year. They've added new sections. They've improved the quality of the sections that they had going to broadsheets. And they're really making a bet that people will pay for, on a paywall, the same information that's in their news service online. And they're really taking some very contrary views to revitalizing uh, what is, for us, a very important news source here in Orange County, which is our dominant local paper. 
Well, you know, and, and I agree with that. The problem is, is most people are just absolutely cutting down um, their um, product, uh, trying to save money rather than trying to improve their product. Like you're talking about the Orange County Registers of putting a better product on the table. And if they did that, then they would see more customers and people would want to buy the product. But the product has deteriorated, and it's, you know, there's columns that were written, you know, back in the 50s and 60s by certain um, columnists that, you know, we all know who they are. I'm not going to call any of them out, but they're not read by today's viewers. I mean, you know, um, you have a, you, it's kind of like asking a, um, if you ask somebody under the age of 30 years old about direct mail, they think you're talking about email. They're not. They're not talking about the stuff they get in their mailbox. I mean, that's it's just a different world. And and I, and I think that people can save an industry. I mean, certainly you look at the New York Times does very well. USA Today does very well, and some other brands. I mean, heck, you see newspapers today. You know, in Dallas, uh, Texas, you know, Dallas Fort Worth market, you have. Dallas Morning News and the Fort Worth Telegram Star that were bitter enemies for years. Now they collaborated together to save costs and of distribution of of the the content of writing stories of photography. You know they kind of say, okay, from Arlington, Texas to the east of that, the Dallas Morning Star will deliver the papers and do all the stories, and to the west of that, Fort Worth Telegram Star. So you can have Joe Jones cover a city council meeting in Irvine, Texas, and that same story will appear in both papers, identical. Hmm. Um, and they found a way to, you know, cut their cost. Right. Unfortunately, that comes at a price to our economy and our job market that a lot of journalism jobs and advertising jobs and graphic designer jobs are being eliminated. And it's all about the important for those younger viewers you have. You need to be the best at your craft because many of your craft positions are being eliminated and the cream will rise to the top. Right. So that, that's that's interesting because um, I also see the I see technology as a disruptor of different industries and clearly technology has been a disruptor in the media field. Uh, you know, you look at what what did Craigslist do to the classified advertising section of newspapers which was you know the cash cow the most profitable part of the paper in advertising and you know the media you're on right now you're on internet radio this radio station has a slew of business oriented talk shows throughout the week reaching a very targeted audience each one of us develops is developing our own audience but because of the vision of the owner here we have a lot of commonality between the programming such that you could actually listen to a variety of shows on this property if you're a business owner and gain get value from it and now we're starting to get advertisers who want that demographic which are CEOs and business owners of small and mid-sized companies because they know they're not only consuming our con our content they're actually engaging with us because the medium allows for that because of the technology behind it what are you seeing from your side of that equation as it relates to what's called new media Bob uh, you remember the movie Jurassic Park yes there was a line in there when they were talking about recreating dinosaurs from DNA and, you know, if you only had male species, how did they repopulate? And there was a famous line in there that I never forgotten, and it said, nature will always find a way. And I think that business finds a way. And, you know, the, the history, the lessons that history has taught us, you know, as Winston Churchill said, those who choose to ignore the past are doomed to repeat it. Sometimes that can be negative, many times it can be positive. 
I look at the movie industry. In the 1980s, when they created VCR machines, and people were now going to be able to watch a movie at home rather than go to the movie theaters, everybody predicted the doom and gloom and end of movie theaters. Now they're, the movie theaters are bigger, better, 3D. All it did is create another layer of enterprise and capitalism for our country and revenue streams. You know, Revenue streams are important in any business, and so you're going to find all these ways that businesses can do well um, in these ever-changing times. You just have to be able to try to find the new trend in the direction. And quite frankly, it's not quite always as easy as it sounds because... Our friends at Sony said several years ago that the way technology is evolving, if you go to college and study technology, by the time you get to your third year, everything you've learned in your first year is obsolete. And that's scary uh, because the technology is evolving so fast. But um, technology offers opportunities. Um, and it should be your friend in your business. I, I, you know, that rate of change that you're talking about, Bob, I, I see directly or hear directly when I have guests on the program who are in technology, the, the evolution and cycle time that they have to make decisions, implement, bring new products to the market, the shelf life of that product, even if it's software, you know, the, the longevity of it is much shorter. They, they run at a faster rate than other businesses unless that business is fundamentally built on technology, in which case they inherit that rapid rate of, of evolution. So those people that are listening out there that are in software or technology-related fields, you really do have a higher bar, I think, of continuing to reinvent yourself and making sure you're relevant in the in the field because there's so much new disruptive uh, technology coming in that can make your business model obsolete. It's, it's not only disruptive, but it's also entrepreneurial. You have used to be the old days if you needed a, somebody to be a voice talent for a commercial or a radio spot, they had to come into a studio. Now that the equipment is so inexpensive, you have voice talent all over the country with a studio in their home, and they never have to leave their home. They just bid on jobs over the Internet. You know, there's like a, we use an organization called Voices 123. So, you know, we had to... Casting, uh, we casted some voices for some new TV spots for a restaurant chain. We wanted a, you know, a certain voice, and we had a thousand people submit an audition wow. through the internet. Wow. We could have never done that in right. the old world. I mean, you might hear ten, fifty, maybe twenty, but the arduous task you would have gone through to make that happen would have been unrealistic. But now, with a push of a button, you you know you go out onto the internet to the right site. You send out a you know phony script, and you want to hear how their delivery is. You give them a little guidance, and then they they uh, email you back their voice audition, and boom, you know you go for, you pick your top three, and you know you listen to them. You, you send them to the client via email. The client doesn't have to come over to the studio <laughs> like they used to put on a pair of headphones and listen to it. So. That disruptive technology creates burgeoning opportunities um, for those uh, that really want to get into that. So, Bob, in your role, does your firm or any of the firms that you're responsible for and that you lead, do, do you recommend new media buys for any of your clients who are trying to reach a specific demographic or you know, something in, as additive to traditional media? Uh, certainly. Uh, I think, you know, you, you have to be um, careful 
to manage the expectations of the client. You know, many people all want that instantaneous gratification of, you know, hey, I'm doing a furniture sale over the weekend and I've got to drive, you know, massive amounts of awareness immediately. You can't do that with a lot of new technology, you know, whether it be emails or text messaging. It just doesn't work in a lot of industries. But for other businesses that you you now can, rather than reach out, you know, you can expand your customer base to not like, say, right here in San Antonio to the whole country. The Internet is fabulous at, at uh, providing, expanding marketplaces, not just in, within your state, within a region, within the country, and people worldwide. I mean, the success stories for the people have grown brands. You know, you take Green Mountain Coffee up there in the Northeast. I mean, they're a top brand around the country, and they became a coffee giant first through the Internet. Hmm. And now you can buy it in stores. Right. Uh, my engineer's letting me know that we're backing up on time, but I, I wanted to ask if you could share... You know, if someone who listened to our program either live today or as a podcast in the future, Bob, would like to learn more about your firms, how would they, whether it's the PM Group or your other business properties, how do they find you online? Um, the PM Group is at uh, the PMGRP.com, group is abbreviated. Our television production studio is called uh, Quarter Moon Productions. And its uh, web address is 3qmp.com. And then the Wood Agency is thewoodagency.com. And we're all located here in San Antonio, Texas, but do business all over the country, specializing in everything from automotive, medical, legal, uh, tourism, uh, restaurants, retail, uh, even uh, law. We've got a lot of uh, legal clients as well. Well, it's been fun having you on the program. This is, in fact, our last show of the year. We're going to be playing some best of shows for those listeners that are listening live today. Uh, next week with the holidays and the week after, we're taking some time. Uh, we're going to be dark, as they say, but we will be back on live right after the first of the year. Bob Wills uh, of the PM Group and other firms hailing from San Antonio, Texas, thank you for being our guest today here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show, and welcome to our business community. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate the opportunity to appear. It's a pleasure having you, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Happy I holidays to you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You too as well. Uh, that's going to do it for today. I hope uh, the discussion that Bob and I had gave you some ideas and information that you can use as business owners and CEOs to make better and more informed business decisions. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Smart Business Magazine, and Decision Toolbox. Our engineer for today's show is Paul Roberts. Our producer uh, was Rachel Franzi. It is now Crystal Nunley. And our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or would, lo- would like to refer a future guest or possibly advertise with us, please visit our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next show, which is in 2014, this is Rick Franzi wishing you a happy holiday season, a fantastic new year, and that all of your business decision will move your firm in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast, right here on Orange County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net.